Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Dale Driver. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, and Alex Simmons. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I was going to say I did quite a, just a normal professional intro there, and then you came in with that, <laughs> which was interesting. Look, um, I've not this, been on this podcast for a really long time, this is and the, I've yeah. spent the last three weeks in America, so yeah. I'm going to I was going to say, like, it's been a long time since Austria done one. It's the OG boys, this is. We're We're the f- the, I suppose we are the three longest-running uh, yeah. IGN UK people at the moment, aren't we? Three podcasters. How many yeah. years are IGN between us all? Like 25? Oh my God. I mean, most of those are Al, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's more than that, isn't it? I've got nearly eight. I'll be eight this year. Yeah, I've got six this year. And I've got so it's near a 30. Yeah. I've got 15 or 16. There we so. go. Six years oh, already. That's flown by, isn't it? Look at me now. Um, right. <laughs> uh, we've got lots of games to talk about this week, which is good, because sometimes we have fuck all to talk about. But this week, God, have we got a lot. Um... If you like games, you'll like this week. If you like films, I'm sorry, there's not going to be much of that. But, you know, games, innit? They're good as well. Um, We've got Dead Island 2, Horizon Burning Shores DLC. We've got Advance Wars. We've got Dredge. And we've got, we're just going to talk about Owl's Holiday as well. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because why not? (laughs) Yeah. Life's one big game, though, isn't it, I suppose? Is it? Yeah. When, uh, Game of Life. Have you yeah. ever played that? It's I have played fun, that. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. only played the children's one more recently. It's not as fun oh. as the. Surely you played some form of a game in Orlando. A theme park is yeah, a roller coaster is like a game, yeah. isn't it? You'd uh, have some sort of fun. I played lots of Sudoku and Solitaire on the flight. There you go. Oh, I love Sudoku. And you I probably play played some Advance Wars, which we'll get onto later. But um, first, it's almost ten years in the making. Ooh. We're finally playing Dead Island 2. Well, me and Dale have finally played Dead well, Island 2. Well, I did play it, but I played it at Gamescom back in <laughs> yeah, you played 2014 or something. You played it yeah. two developers ago. Uh, yeah, 20... I So, uh, if you're just going to plug my own work, got a documentary coming out next week on the making of Dead Island 2, the 10-year journey. A uh, trailer will be out tomorrow, if you fancy looking at that. You were there from the beginning, got, right? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> exactly. And in that doc- in that documentary is a clip from one Alex Simmons from Gamescom 2014, is. basically is saying, yeah. "Yeah, basically saying it's new and improved Dead Island." <laughs> well, is, is no one still? will ever see that. I don't know about that. I mean, it's improved from what that looked like. To be yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would hope so. <laughs> yeah, like as we said, this game is what it's nine years in the making, almost ten. And for better or worse, it feels like a game that's nine or ten years old. In some ways, you know, I think you like it a bit more than me, Dale. I disagree um, with that statement. Um, really? I, I think there's one thing that makes it feel like that, and that's maybe the sort of the map structure. I feel like it's just, the way I mean it is, uh, I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. I'm saying it's more, it's a simple game. It's back to basics. It's definitely it's, simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple. It's just kill these zombies. It's not trying to overload you with a hundred different systems. It's not trying to be a complex narrative, which we've seen like a lot of, you know, uh, I talk, you know, most, more recent zombie games have been like The Last of Us, Walking Dead, to, to an extent, Days Gone. They've been more focused on, you know, telling the human stories and more mature stories. Whereas this is very much trying to 
just go back to like zombie like horror of the 80s and it's just like let's mash as many zombies as we can and that's not a bad thing because there is actually whereas once dead rising dead island we've kind of had it recently kind of a dying light but um like you know those used to be all the rage and now there's kind of a hole in the market for just a game where you just absolutely just destruct zombies in the most gory way possible and that is the fun in this game i think i've seen a few people i responding to yeah i I don't know what people were expecting like i played the first dead island and i was expecting a sequel to that game and that it very much feels like a modern version of that game um Mm -hmm. you know some of its trappings yeah like don't feel necessarily up to par with what we expect with certain games these days but i also feel like i've seen a, a common complaint is that it's not open world right but it doesn't need to be does yeah does a game where you're 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 basically going through scenario to scenario um just mutilating zombies in like fun and and crazy Mm. ways does that need to be open world i don't know it does i feel like they so basically the game is set in lots of zones of la there's about uh, a dozen six i think oh is there more yeah there's like a dozen and um each one of them is just like a very small little open world area like a small section but has that they're usually quite dense they're quite well designed in terms of there's lots of mini side quests within this small pocket of area Mm -hmm. pocket area and ultimately the fun is to be had at dealing with hordes right not just the one zombie on its own but when you're dealing with multiple zombies and creating scenarios and setting up um like explosives and things like that and if you were in a big open world space i don't know how satisfying that would be i feel like they definitely made the right yeah. decision in sort of there's just no need building like, yeah tight zones otherwise you'd and have tight to incorporate like vehicle like you don't want to run like it just doesn't need all that like like no. i said it's back to basics in i think a very good way like i think the reason you are you are definitely more into it than i am but i think the main reason is that is because you're much further into the game i'm only like two hours in and i don't think it makes the best first impression it makes it feel quite basic yeah. but from what i'm seeing on what you've like been playing around with like the more abilities you get the more like different ways you can mess with like the elemental things in the world like it actually becomes a lot more fun the further you get into it yeah there's so they've got like a card system that gives you all sorts of powers based on certain factors and there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of variety there when you're you can customize your weapons to like oh i can make this sword now i can add like acid elements to this sword and yeah. i can set a card where if i manage to dissolve or dismember a limb then it causes an explosion which also um affects this other zombie over here there's all sorts of like ways to connect and build your your playstyle and your system i do agree though i think i think it's a, a problem with a lot of modern games to be honest is this idea of you start off the game and because you haven't got all these powers you're quite stripped back mm-hmm. like in any rpg really and it doesn't feel necessarily fun at the start. I feel like yeah. I was swinging golf clubs at zombies 20 times in a row to get anything to happen. Well, that's what, like, for example, Metro Prime does so well, isn't it? Like, the yeah. first half an hour, you have every every bell and whistle and you feel amazing. And then, like, you have a taste for it and then you want to get them back. Whereas games like this, you start with nothing and you're like, oh, just let me get to the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> it definitely feels like it needs that. It feels like you needed to... It, what they could have done is potentially, like, have one of the slayers from Dead Island 1 overpowered you come into the game start the game and you're you know doing everything you get to do at the end of the game and then you maybe kill off that character and then you start with a new character and it's the the taste of this is what's to come this is what i'm working towards and Mm. i think this game makes a bad first impression with it feels like they're they're, they're selling this flesh system and the mutilation and dismemberment the gore is like top tier (laughs) yeah but you don't get to do it properly for quite a while like and it's only now like I'd say it takes about, you know, five to ten hours into the game where you really feel like you're getting a handle of 
the best ways to take enemies yeah. down and like the coolest ways to do it. And now like I was just playing it this morning because I just finished the story this morning and I was running through this corridor and there was like dozens of them running at me. And then I'm like swinging my sword with one, chopping his leg off, take quickly swip into my hammer, knocking another one, then throwing a sword at another one. Like I've gotten mm-hmm. good at it now and it feels really satisfying, but it takes, I think it just takes yeah. too long to it, get It's there. worth persevering by the sound of it. Like you said, you just finished the story. Like from what I've seen, it's a fairly, you know, it's a pulpy story. It's not going to surprise you necessarily. No. But I will say what surprised me was I was ready to roll my eyes a lot at the writing and the comedy, whereas actually some of it does hit quite well. And like I think we always, it's a common theme. Like comedy is quite hard to get right in games. And mm-hmm. this does actually do it better than a lot of things I've seen, to be fair. Yeah, I think the story's fine. Like, yeah. it's, like it's it's serviceable. It's a classic sort of, um, yeah, pulpy zombie sort of story, really. Yeah. Um, definitely nothing to write home about. And definitely don't play this game if that's what you're looking to get is a good story. I wouldn't say that's necessarily its nah. strongest point. Um, but it, it, you know, it definitely drives you along and puts you into new scenarios. And there's, there's a level of excitement building up to the next. Like, if you're familiar with Los Angeles, it's building up to the next area that you're going to get to go to. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, we've got to do this thing. And now it's in it's on Hollywood Boulevard or it's on like Santa Monica yeah. Pier and you've got to go there. Like the Santa Monica Pier stuff is really cool because it all it's a main mission that takes place at night and there's lots of neon lights and stuff like that. It's a really cool setting mm-hmm. and environment. Uh, but yeah, the story's a, a, yeah, yeah. a bit messy. I it's- would say also that the fact that there's six characters to choose from, which sounds cool and they all have their own sort of unique ways of playing. But I will say the characters, the main character talks a lot in this game talks to themselves a lot as well mm-hmm. and i think i feel like i would have preferred it to be because i've tried a couple of them i feel like i would have preferred it to really focus down on one or two and really mm-hmm. write their dialogue and story well in the end it just okay. it kind of feels a bit wishy-washy like not right. really that yeah. well thought out necessarily um but i'm, I'm, I'm having fun yeah i'm gonna persevere a bit i think this is definitely strikes me as one of those games in five years, whenever we do our next like six or sevens out of ten that you see you have a soft spot for. This'll be like on a lot of people's list. Like it's just like I said, it's just back to basics fun. Yeah. And that's like not to say it's a basic game, because like we said, that Gore-Tec is like the best I've probably ever seen in yeah, a game. It's, it's remarkable. Like the prece- the basically you can watch a video you released what a couple of days ago about yeah, um, how they created that uh, flesh system, which is just it's disgusting, but at the same time you can't take your eyes off it. Ow. I read your Gamescom preview from 2014. Um, <laughs> it was a long time like, ago. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you first saw it at E3 and you weren't impressed. But then you saw it later at Gamescom and you and it turned around. You're actually looking forward to it. Are you still looking forward to playing Dead Island 2 nine years later? No. <laughs> um, like, so like, I guess the thing for me is like, you've played it. How long did it take you to finish the, the main story there? Uh, about 20 hours. That's surprisingly long. That's I thought it was going to be like an eight-hour thing. And also, it's so much longer than that as well because I barely touched side quests, and the only I was determined to like just plow through the story because I because I quickly realised that you get the better stuff as you go along. So I was like, I want to do the main quest so I get the better stuff. Uh, but the um, I so I skipped loads of side quests. But then I quickly realised I was under leveled for a lot of the last few missions, so mm-hmm. I had to do some side quests, which are fun. But ultimately, I think you could easily do thirty-four hours. Yeah. I do worry, wonder, not worry, wonder how many people will finish this game, especially as what Jedi Survivor's out next week, then what Zelda in three weeks. Yeah. Like, it's in that spot of like, I think it'll sell all right. I think people will be into it, but I don't know how many people will finish it. I would say the, like, 
it's not necessarily doing what I did were is worth doing what I did. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it just, you know, have your fun at your own pace. Um, I was pushing mm-hmm. forward to like, to see if I could get new stuff, but ultimately you get lots of cool stuff by doing side quests as well. You level yeah. up doing side quests. So yeah, just play it. Hey, I wouldn't say but, to rush yeah. through the story. So that's the driver is the, no, the Dale driver <laughs> is, um, is getting new stuff and finding more interesting ways to kill rather than being engaged in yeah. a story that hmm. I mean fundamentally it's satisfying RP- when you finished it not really um I would say like <laughs> ultimately uh, I didn't, I didn't think the main the final mission was very good at all to be honest but the um but I think because it, it fundamentally it's an RPG, right? So it's all about leveling up constantly. And every time mm. you level up, you can level up your weapons with you. You get new weapons that are higher. And it's all numbers, right? Always aiming for that shiny thing in the distance that's got higher yeah, number yeah. stats. Get that's that what purple I was, sword. Yeah, that's yeah. What basically what I was playing for. It's the, the constant, like, I wonder, like, what variation of a weapon I'm going to get next. Right. How I'm mm-hmm. going to get it. And it means I can go back to that area that was too hard for me before. And now yeah, I can. Yeah, no, that, I that. That, there's a lot of satisfaction to struggling in an area, repeatedly dying, and then coming back yeah. to it five hours later, being overpowered and absolutely decimating it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we can overstate just how gory this game is either. No. And I know how you struggle to find time to play on your TV when your kids aren't around. So it's probably not one to play no, in front of the kids. No. But equally, <laughs> it's, it's bookended by really good games coming out. So yeah. you've got to make yeah. a choice. I still think it'll do... Like, the first Dead Island's a weird one because it was never critically like beloved. It was a perfectly good game well, for that, the time, but like a, it sold like five million. Yeah, yeah and it sold, so. but it sold millions. Like it did really well. Honestly, and, it's the same. It's it's like the modern version of it. Yeah. Like it's a six or seven. Like I, I think it's a seven personally, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun to play. I imagine I didn't really get much chance to play it in co-op because we're playing like a pre-release mm. game and um you know we didn't wasn't really afforded that opportunity. I just didn't want to play with you. Yeah, that as well. Uh, but I think uh you can play it free play co-op and I think that is where the most fun is definitely going to be had, especially cuz me and Cardi yeah. played a little bit together. There's this like running drop kick move that you can do. Oh, it's so and good. watching your mate run across the screen do a flying <laughs> drop kick into something. It's just like <laughs> never not funny as well. It's, it's just nice to have a rel- you know, it is. It's a happy ending to this story. This game's gone through hell yeah. uh, and back, and now, you know, they've released a pretty good game in the end. Also, I, just, I will yeah. say, which is good, which sometimes happens with like games that build up after a while, is they come out and they're slightly broken and they take. This game, like, I've not seen any crashes, any bugs. Like, it is no, very stable, smooth. very well built. Like, you'll have a good time with it. But I wonder if this is the end of Dead Island or whether we'll see, you know, this is the, the beginning of the the next stage of it and whether we'll see a dead island three and in nine years yeah. <laughs> well you know you would hope not if you know is it yeah. sumo that no, dambuster no, no it's now dambuster it was sumo right. five years That's ago it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um yeah you know you'd if hope that they're well, a capable pair of hands and you know yeah. if it sells yeah. then they'll do more but i wonder what is the future of that franchise because it's still based on game mechanics that are yeah. a decade old what are they going yeah. to yeah. do to I mean, bring it up to Scratch. The, the obvious next step is to do what people are complaining about is make an open world version with vehicles mm. and things like that um ultimately do you lose something about it there the close quarters combat with zombies yeah. i feel like you'd lose that in an open the situation. original dead island did have some vehicles didn't it i'm pretty sure or was it riptide had some vehicles? yeah i don't remember i mean it's a long time ago mate <laughs> yeah it's a long time. Um, anyway yeah but no like i think that's probably the next step. how you deal with zombies i don't know how you I'm not fortunate enough. I'm not the guy to solve that problem. But how you like <laughs> elevate that to the next step? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No idea. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. it's good. It's it is good fun. 
It's mm-hmm. good, like, turn your brain off, mindless, like, turn into a zombie yourself and enjoy it. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Also out this week, Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores DLC. A lot of words there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a documented Horizon fan. I know it's not everyone's favourite, necessarily. I like it more than most people. And I like this DLC quite a bit. Obviously, if you're not into Horizon, you probably won't play this DLC. If you're into Horizon, though, I think you'll have a lovely time. Um, you do need to have finished Forbidden West's main story to play this DLC right. because it it does follow on. Um, you're getting an extra, I think it took me five hours, an extra five hours of story. Um, I won't spoil what ha- happens at the end of Forbidden West just because it's only a year old. People might not want to know, but there's like a looming threat presented at the end of that game and an obvious sequel coming. And this kind of tries to bridge the gap in a way to this inevitable third Do they game. do a um, recap before you start the DLC? No. I feel like I need it. <laughs> That's so much really? on you. That's just, on you. Well, no, I really like right I really, yeah, exactly. I really like Horizon, uh, but yeah. I kind of like Dead Island. I just don't care about the story stuff. I think, That's fair. I think it's quite dull. Um, but and silly uh, but I really like the idea of going back and playing this game because I like fighting giant yeah. robot dinosaurs I just think I it's like really fun Horizon story is in a weird place because I feel like maybe it's because it's like flanked by The Last of Us and God of War these very weighty mm-hmm. like like quite mature like aiming to be high level storytelling whereas I think Horizon does kind of have those ambitions but at the same time is quite just like pulpy sci-fi like old school like it's very silly, silly sci-fi. sci-fi yeah and I think maybe I'd like, I'd like to actually talk to the team there and see, do they think they're making a very much story or do they accept, yeah, we're kind of making a silly sci-fi story because I feel like maybe people think they're trying to be very mature of it, whereas in fact they are aiming for something a bit silly and that kind of is where people take marks off. But I mean, you do have deal, giant T-Rexes with like machine exactly. cannons on their back and stuff like, like it, that. They it's know very, it's silly. Yeah. Um, and in this DLC, you kind of get a bit more of that sci-fi stuff. It introduces a new villain who's kind of related to the villains of Forbidden West in a way, if you've played that. And you're kind of... It's kind of a bridge to the next part of the story, but if anything, it's really more, this is like an Aloy chapter. This is like where she's, she's kind of, I feel like more relatable than ever in this DLC. Like okay. over the course of Forbidden West, she did soften and learn to work with others and kind of, you know, in Zero Dawn, she's a very cold character, hard to like really get, you know, really relate to in a way. She's like, doesn't really want to know anyone, kind of just uh, basically puts the middle finger up to anyone who wants to help. Whereas in Forbidden West, slowly kind of goes on this path to softening and then in this DLC she's more I think three-dimensional than ever like it's the best Aloy we've seen I think and it helps that she's basically got a companion through the whole of this DLC called Seika who's just a fantastic new character it's kind of similar to Aloy like an outsider who like has had to like learn to work with others and they just have a really good dynamic and it's nice like they're not talking all the time because I know People don't like it when Aloy talks all the time, but um, they've definitely, I think they patched that recently over the course of the year, oh, so really? she doesn't speak to herself all the time. But um, she didn't say, I'll put that in my stash once in my six nice. hours playing, good, so that's good. good. good, good. Uh, but I think it's mainly because she has sacred to talk through. But yeah, it's just a good, solid story. It's, I gave it an eight out of 10. I gave the main Forbidden West a nine out of 10. I just think this is, whereas it does introduce some cool new mechanics. You can, like, there's a uh, geezers. Uh, not geysers, as I've had to uh, point out many times to people. That is uh, British for you. I know, but, so you um, put that in the review. You're a bit sore about that, aren't you? Look, it, it was just all over the... Like, half the comments on my God of War review are how I pronounce the word geezer. So I was like, right, putting the foot down this time. Um, have a bit of fun with it. Why not have a bit of fun in your reviews? Um, 
but yeah, you can like soar up using uh, Link's uh, <laughs> uh, glider from uh, Breath of the Wild and like soar up into the air and then like slow down time and like hit these new machines. One of which is called the Bile Gut, which is this big like acid spewing like big robot toad who leaps everywhere. Awesome. He's very fun. Sounds good. Um, can you still main, fly like, the, your 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 pet robot? Yeah, you can, spot. and yeah. yeah, there may be new things to do with that. You can also like uh, pilot a little skiff around because mm. the Burning Shores are LA, but LA that has been basically flooded into a, an archipelago. So there's lots of little islands of LA dotted around, okay. which is kind of what LA is as a city anyway. Like ten little cities like mashed together. Um, but yeah, it looks beautiful. It's still up there as maybe the most like beautiful looking game I've ever played. Like I think it's stunning and. I had a really good time. It's just a shame then that like there's a couple of big like boss battles during the course of this DLC and they just don't get them right. Like one of them halfway through is like there's a fight near the end of the main story for Bin West that's like this where you're just fighting a man and he takes like seventeen thousand yeah, damage yeah, yeah. or something. You're just like, why won't you die? Like, I'm throwing <laughs> so many explosive spears at your face and you won't die. Doesn't make much sense. And then there's a big like finale which looks incredible, works for the story. But just the actual mechanics of it is just a bit clunky and it feels very video gamey and quite like non horizony. Like you're just being like flown. It's almost like an old school boss battle where you're like dodging things and then finding a window to hit. Whereas like the majority of Horizons combat is normally so fluid where you're just fighting these machines, finding the weak points. Like that's its signature. And this boss fight is just a bit like, it's just, a, it just falls flat. It's a yeah. bit, a little annoying. But I do think ultimately. It's very worthwhile. It's I think it's like fifteen pounds. Like, how long does it si- take? It's a five or six hour main story, but oh, there wow. is tons to find around the story, around the uh, world, because there's loads of side missions, loads of machines to hunt down. Like the map itself is fairly large. Like if you remember the San Francisco area from Forbidden West, it's like mm-hmm. four or five times bigger than that. So it's okay. a sizable area um, to explore. Yeah, it's a good time if you're into Horizon. You have a great time. If you haven't finished the main story, you'll have to finish the main story first. But yeah. I recommend it. Like, Has it got its good. own platy? That's a very good question. I haven't looked. What? First thing you look at, mate. Come on. I know. I've got the film. <laughs> I've got. Ooh, <coughs> I've got the Forbidden West one. Yeah. Uh, might might need to check that out. But yeah, very good time. If you like Horizon, you'll like this. Mm-hmm. Al. Yes. That's two games set in LA. <laughs> you didn't go to LA though. No, I did not. Um, you went to Orlando, which has LA in the middle of it. Oh my god! <laughs> Why don't you just say you went to the other coast of America? I, I went to the <laughs> I like wordplay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, I went to Orlando with the uh, family. You had a lovely family holiday. Easter holiday. So this has nice. been booked in for over a year. Yeah, uh, and finally it happened, and it was amazing. Uh, and as a result, I have got Mickey's big tips for if you ever do <laughs> Disney say that and Universal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not just going to run through what I did on my holiday. Even no, we nice. don't need a day-by-day day breakdown. Uh, I've well. got a 30-minute presentation, including photos. No, I haven't. <laughs> nice. uh, I'm going to give you five tips that if anybody is listening to this, if you ever go to Orlando, these will be like, invaluable. Did you do like every single park they have there? Um, like all I've of never th- been. So sorry. Universal and Disney, yes. There are okay. lots. Actually, tell like, one of the Disney water parks was closed. Right. So, okay. is this tips for do. the theme park specifically, not just Orlando in general? Right, not like avoid yeah, of Orlando, <laughs> avoid gators um, or something. Uh, part of my ignorance is Epcot Orlando. Yes, yeah. okay. Epcot did- is part of. So you've got in Disney, you've got Magic Kingdom, Hollywood okay. Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and then two water parks. 
Ooh. Universal is Islands of Adventure, Universal Studios, and Typhoon Lagoon, which is. Their I can see why you spent over two weeks there. Yes, yeah. a lot. And still, we did not do everything. You're not going uh, to Cape Canaveral while you're there. Wanted to, yeah, um, good. but there was no launches, so it just oh. felt a bit like. Uh, um, anyway, what's your? Is it, you say your top five things today. Top five things. Yes. Okay. So, okay. The first Let's thing go. I'm going to start off with is best toilets. Or, if you're an American, restrooms. So, (laughs) I say, I think I pretty much used every toilet in all the parks. Um, Wow. (laughs) Exactly. Every (laughs) toilet. I I would say so. And and some multiple times. Yeah. Um, And for various things. But, so, one of my first experiences (laughs) uh, of a toilet was in Tomorrowland. Now, you would imagine that a place called Mm. Tomorrowland would be the most amazing futuristic toilets. And let me tell you... Why the, not? The yeah. toilet paper was so thin that your fingers are going straight through that oh, if you're trying to do any wiping business. No. They've got money no, to make. No. Honest to, to God. Oh. If, if that is a glimpse of the future, then count me out. God. So, um, don't uh, go okay. to What are we expecting, like, the free seashells or something? <laughs> What's the three seashells? <laughs> From Demolition Man, it's the futuristic toilet that he doesn't oh, understand. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that completely Jesus over God. my head. What a callback. I just, do you know what? I want toilet paper that's not going to tear when I'm trying to tidy okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the... So sorry, these are the highlights of your yeah. holiday. <laughs> you know, if, if this was a list no for IGN, we'd say... you this information. If this was a list yeah. for IGN, we'd say bury that one at, towards the end. Like, start yeah. with the good no. stuff. <laughs> Everybody does it, Dale. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, what's number two then? Um, well, it, it went through the paper. <laughs> switching, Jesus switching to Universal, the yeah. Jurassic World toilets are as old and decrepit as you would imagine being in that okay. part of the park. Um, uh, for some are of the these rides, just the worst toilets, or are these the best? The first two are the worst, and then okay, I'm going to end sorry. on the two best. Okay. Um, okay. A lot of the rides, especially in Universal, because it's more of a thrill park Universal, you can't mm. wear glasses. So I was in mm. this, frankly, not very nice toilet with my phone balanced on top of where the toilet comes, uh, the toilet roll comes out, trying to put contact lenses in, oh while God, the person yeah. next to me was emptying out last night's uh, yes. meal. And I promise you, <laughs> it was one of the most <laughs> disgusting this sounds like. <laughs> low points of my life. Like normally, in those sort of, in a public toilet, I. Mm. headphones in so you've got your own little personal space but I obviously oh, I didn't yeah. take headphones yeah. um, uh, and you I just reminded me of something sorry but trying to get that the, the left contact lens in oh my god that was one of the hardest things I've ever done um, brilliant I, you just reminded me of it so when I was in, I think it was when I was in New York I was definitely in America and I was in the toilet and I, I was in the bathroom and I had business to take care of and it may have been slightly noisy and then a guy oh, in the no. stall next to me went good job buddy <laughs> Oh my God! Oh no! Don't don't <laughs> recognise it. Even, no like, one wants. If uh, I can see someone's trainer, because like American <laughs> toilets are quite open, you can often see oh, yeah. through gaps. Yeah, and yeah. if I can see someone's trainer, and I, I'm automatically like, that's too much. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, on cool. to more what, positive yeah. restrooms. Yeah, news. the best toilets. Yeah. <laughs> so Tron is a brand new ride that's just opened in Magic Ooh. Kingdom. Okay. It officially opened halfway through a holiday, but they were previewing it. But the good news is the toilets were open and because they're less than a month old, they were chef's kiss. Amazing. Sorry for derailing this, but how is the actual Tron ride? I'm going to get to that in a minute. (laughs) 
Okay, sorry. What's this the light the... show like in the toilets? Is everything like laser beams? No. Jeff Bridges going, good job, buddy. So <laughs> I guess that is the one downside. It's not themed like Tron. Like the theming of the Tron ride, I think is good. Yeah. It doesn't extend to the toilets. So it's I not neon lit or anything like that. Yeah. I just need white walls. I want it to. Silence. I want the basin to look like a light cycle or something, and you sit on top of that. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Put like some when you in flush Disney. it, it all illuminates as it goes down or something. <laughs> or universal. Like no, none of that. Uh, okay. Well, what's the best toilet? But one toilet that is themed perfectly is the toilet in Galaxy's Edge because Ooh. it's okay. made to look like. I know it's not Mos Eisley. It's Batu, but it's basically Mos Eisley. Yeah. And it's all kind of. It looks old and distressed, and as you would imagine, a toilet in Mos Eisley would look. But it's clean and nice to use, and it has all the modern functionality. Like it's little things like the water fountains and most of the rest of the parks. You, you kind of have to angle your bottle at a forty-five degree angle to squirt it in. Yeah, this has got a water thing where you put it and you squirt it from above. So amazing, amazing. <laughs> well done. We spent more time talking about toilets than I did the Horizon DLC. <laughs> Every time you came out of a toilet, did you like? Were your family there waiting for you or your notes? Like, did, did, what's your review like, of this one? They go to the toilet as well. It wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah, but you're like waiting outside. You're collating your notes about which one was the best. Did like supposed to be talking about the rides? Uh, no, like I'm sa- I've saved this specifically for this podcast. Okay. I did just right. premium content toilet we're, paper. We're hearing this first. Yeah. Um, so we've got four more right. You got four more of these. Some of these might be short. Right. So that's that's my first Mickey's big tip. Second one, most dangerous ride. Ooh. Now this is a ride okay. I actually got injured on. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> And, you know, considering there are lots of thrill rides there, it's got mm. the fastest coasters in maybe not the whole of America, but certainly, you know, faster mm-hmm. than anything I've been on. But the worst ride I went on was a lazy river. <laughs> and <laughs> so, Is this fast? Probably not. Well, so uh, <laughs> Universe's Volcano Bay, they have two lazy rivers. They've got one mm. where, and that this is where we started, sat in a rubber ring, cruised around, Lovely. Very nice. Got a little bit wet. A bit hard to get off at times. But Would you say that that is the wettest ride you went on? Uh, The wettest ride... Typhoon Lagoon, surely. But I was prepared to be wet. We're we're trying... We're trying to become the world's wettest podcast. Uh, oh, you probably in, didn't listen that, to last week. Uh, but, yeah. I'll, I'll come on to that later then. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I've got a different story <laughs> okay. for that. But there was there was another... Um, and then they didn't really sort of talk about it, but there's, oh, there's two lazy rivers. I went on the yeah. other one, and I should have probably thought by the name. It's called the Tehewa Fearless River. Mm. And I was like, okay. Fearless. And on this one, you don't ride rubber rings, but you get life jackets. And I was like, okay, okay. fine. But it's it's got a big... The main thing is a volcano. It's got like a beach. And then mm-hmm. you hear this kind of klaxon go off. And then this wave machine starts going crazy. Mm-hmm. But this is tied in to... The lazy river is tied into the wave machine. So oh, you're going exactly. around. And it's, it's quite quick. And then okay. you'll hear the klaxon. And this fucking great wave comes down the lazy river. And you see the... all of these children in little life jackets getting belted to the side and pushed everywhere. And that sounds recipe for disaster. It's surely. fairly full on. Anyway, like rubber it's dinghy fine. Rapids. Like Ed was great, <laughs> but it's only four foot deep, so it's quite shallow. And basically, 
I just scraped all of my knees off uh, that <laughs> as you're going ho- along. That and, sounds poorly designed. Yeah. And, and like I was reading some of the reviews afterwards. People have broken toes and stuff like that on there. How is that still in? Like, how are they still allowing that? Um, but like, after going around twice and my knees mm-hmm. red raw, I was like, I'm done with this and I got yeah, off. Screw that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but that wasn't the wettest ride. Well, so obviously it was the wettest because I was oh, in okay. the water. But yeah, yeah. Universal's got three um, water rides at the normal park where you're dressed uh, normally. Okay. There's mm-hmm. the Jurassic Park log flume where you get pretty wet when it yeah. splashes at the end. There is a another log flume called, I think it's Ripsaw Rocket or something like that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you get really wet in that. Because <laughs> like, it's not just the splashing when you go down drops. They've just mm-hmm. basically got hoses that just get you in the face while you're going around. <laughs> the bastards. And then the last one. So we, we did we did all three of these in quick succession. Yeah. And then the last one is a Popeye um, Rapids ride. And you get in and you've been to Thorpe Park, Alton Towers. You get a bit wet yeah. on those. A little bit mm. wet. Yeah. And I was like, how bad can it be? <laughs> and then in the middle is a bit where you put your bags and it's got a cover. And I was like, mm, okay, it's going to be quite damp. Honestly, I've never been so wet while fully clothed. My <laughs> shoes were full of water. We all came off completely drenched, not one bit like yeah. dry, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we would just went uh, back to the well, hotel at that it's point. It's just nice to hear Popeye's name. I haven't thought about Popeye in a little yeah, while. I know. When's the last time you watched the Robert Altman uh, Popeye film with uh, Robin Williams? Uh, never. I was going to say, really? I've never seen it, no. <laughs> like one of the most influential directors of all time, and he made that. I'm not sure what. I think he knows it was a mistake, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a it's, bizarre fever dream that feels. There's nothing good about having water in your shoes, is there? Like, it's oh, a no, miserable no. experience. That just, oh, no one wants wet socks. And also, it's like, bad. they were quite new trainers, and they were red and white, and the red bled into the white. Oh, oh but they swayed. No. They were, yeah. Oh, you oh, fucked it then. No. Like, I know. Well, I, honestly, <laughs> um, I had no idea I was going to get that wet. That was day one of the yeah, holiday. Yeah, Never yeah. went on it again. Um, have we still got three more items on this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Uh, biggest disappointment. <laughs> Didn't okay. see a single the bloody family. alligator. Okay. All right. I oh, kind of okay. thought that they were going to be everywhere. Um, and what, what, none of the theme parks? What's what, walking around? What, <laughs> yeah. Apparently they are. Like, they're oh, really? all over Disney because, like, Disney, what? more than Universal, is built on natural swamplands. Right. And mm. um, my wife joined this Orlando Facebook group in the lead up to it. And people quite often spoke about seeing stuff, you know, on right. Disney hotels and this, that, and the other. Even. Apparently, they were in some of the Universal rides while people were queuing. Jesus. I didn't see them. I don't remember that. I've no. been there a couple of times and I never saw any, but I thought you had to get to like ride. Tallahassee or something. Not Tallahassee. Is it Tallahassee in Florida? Uh, anyway, there's uh, different Kissimmee parts of Florida. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's the capital yeah. of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, different parts of Florida to see that stuff. I thought Disney was more sanitized than that, but... No. So, oh. we didn't see Gators, but we did see Ant and Deck. Because they were oh. out there shooting Saturday Night Takeaway live from Hello. Universal Studios. Is this part of the list? They Han have. and Deck. <laughs> Wait, what is this point is number three? No, three. Ga- no gators, but Ant and Deck. Biggest disappointment, no gators. <laughs> but hey, we saw an ant. In brackets, and Deck. Yeah. Brilliant. It's fantastic. Uh, most embarrassing are they small in real life? Huh? Are they, are they small in real life? They're very small, yeah. Yeah. But very mm-hmm. nice. Well, I, I didn't talk to Deck. Ant was very nice. Ed had a picture with him. Oh, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we saw them rehearsing in the, the part the next morning. So, Lovely. Were they just happy to see some British faces? Because a lot of Americans were like, who were they? Uh, well, yeah, nobody had any idea. But like, so mm-hmm. interestingly, Ant and Deck were, you know, obviously quite cool and everything. Stephen mm-hmm. Mulhern, who's on the show with them, 
He was literally Magic. walking around the lobby waiting for people to try and recognise him. So, oh, yeah. dear. No. You don't do that. Oh, Stephen. Number four. Anyway. Yeah. Most embarrassing moment. So for <laughs> Stephen my... Mulhern in the lobby. No, well, no, for me, not for him. Um, <laughs> my family very kindly treated me to a build-your-own lightsaber experience. Once oh, alone. jealous. Very expensive, but, you know, mm. very memorable. But obviously, it's a lightsaber. It's big. Mm. And also, the hilt is made out of solid metal. Oh, yeah. mm. And then to bring it home, it doesn't oh, no. go in anything. It doesn't go in the overhead <laughs> lockers. So <laughs> you have to get the um, flight oh, assistant no. to come along. And I was like, is there any way you can look after this, please? And at which point, you've got like five other middle-aged men going, okay, look after mine as well. Yeah. All these, yeah. they're, like, they're used yeah. to it by now, and, surely. But, but at the same time, you're just like, Oh they God. have a lightsaber compartment. I was going to say they've probably got an overhead bin for lightsabers on the on the flight. I know. Which um, <laughs> what colour did you go for? Uh, well, uh, the one I went for was blue, but then you Ooh, can also okay. buy an extra kyber crystal, so I got green as well. See, I always wanted Luke's from Return of the Jedi when I was younger. Yes, yeah, his new green yeah. one. That was my favourite. No, yeah. everyone always says this is expensive. I don't think I've ever heard how much it actually is. Do you know? Google it. Okay. <laughs> Why do I so secretive about <laughs> the most embarrassing moment is how much it costs? <laughs> yeah. It's not where you put it. Um, number five, Al. Number five <laughs> is the best rides. So um, okay, this is yeah, this is this is the headline. You Disney yeah. the buried the lead here. Disney <laughs> is exceptional at their theming. So like mm-hmm. Rise of the Resistance, if you're a Star Wars fan, honestly, it's fantastic. From the queuing, it's really long queues, but it's themed so yeah. well. The whole point of it is, is you're a Resistance person. You get fun funneled into uh, this Star Destroyer by, obviously, actors as Imperials, but then you've got all the First Order troopers. I'm not, I'm, honestly, it's I don't think you needed to say they're actors. I think we know they're not real Imperials. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a it's a, a really in, good experience rather than yeah, a thrill yeah. ride. And, like, the Avatar ride in um, Animal Kingdom, that is one of the best things I've ever been on. It's... You sort of sit on a... It's kind of like a motorbike, but it's one of the mm-hmm. winged things that's, I don't know, in the film, whatever. And it sort of breathes, and it's a, a virtual ride, but honestly, it was amazing. So, and then Tron, to answer your question, Cardi, I thought it was fantastic. Yep. Super fast. Cool. Um, nice. I think between that and Guardians of the Galaxy, which is at Epcot, it's the only reason really to go to Epcot. I thought Epcot was boring. Yeah. But it's got Guardians of the Galaxy. But those two are easily two of the best Disney rides there. Nice. But I've just um, I've just thought I'm going to be in LA in like six weeks. I could try and go to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, uh, yeah, but they. I don't think they have Rise of the Resistance there. They've got Smuggler's Run. Do they not at the LA one? I don't think so. Uh, Check. Is it only the Ana- is the Anaheim one the main one? I don't know. I'm not a big. I'm not a Disney expert. Well, they, no, they've just got different Florida stuff. Ones, maybe. Yeah, the Florida yeah. one's got more at it because oh, okay. you've got all of the different parks at Florida. Um, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's just Smuggler's Run, which is the oh, Millennium my, Falcon one, which is definitely yeah. worth doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, is, that, is that it for No, because oh, that's no, okay. Disney and almost Sorry. finished. And then Universal, if you want thrill rides, honestly, the best roller coasters I've ever been on. Um, they've got Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure, which was the first big ride we went on. It's got mm-hmm. more boosts than any other roller coaster. Very fast. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Rip Ride Rocket, Hulk, seven inversions. Um, see I'm not a big rides guy like, I, I really like experiential rides and like I can do like medium sized roller coasters but when they get to a certain when I'm going like upside down I'm like nah no thank you right 
Well, and then so the the big one that we went on is the Velocicoaster, which is the Jurassic Park one. I think it opened last year. So it's the one that Ed has wanted to go on all the way through. You have to be oh, one point yeah. three meters tall. Oh, and when no. we got there, he was one point two nine. Oh, no. get him some bigger shoes. Big heels. There. Well, there is a happy end to the story. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, Scarlett, my daughter, she watches a lot of TikTok. And mm-hmm. she got the tip of um, put Twixes in his shoes. And I was like, what sort of <laughs> tip is Twixes? that? Twix? Can't, like, a Twix of all yeah, things. Get like a big anything bar. that's the depth of a Twix. It doesn't need to be a chocolate bar, surely. And, but that was her suggestion. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, if I, we've got an entire generation growing up on TikTok, then we are doomed. Yeah. But um, but it worked. some big Nike uh, Air Max shoes yeah, and yeah, him yeah. growing... By the time we got to the end of the the um, two weeks, he was tall enough. Are I thought you, you were going to say by the end of the queue, yeah. he was tall enough. No, no, no. By the end of the two <laughs> weeks. Rapid growth. Going <laughs> yeah. We were there, I think nice. it was the second to last day, uh, and he measured and he was tall enough. And so we went on it four times. And and I went on it twice. And honestly, it's it's the fastest ride I've ever been on. But yeah. it is incredible. Yeah. I like the Jurassic park or world ones where yeah it's just like you see all the dinosaurs then you go just down the big thing at the end and splash that's I, nice that's I, lovely honestly if you get the chance to do it you should at least do it once you've experienced it nah it'll the, be the too quick person behind me passed out they're just banging around all <laughs> exactly. over the place. Yeah. i'm more likely to go on that one than the water one where you scrape all the skin off your knee yeah don't know. do that so <laughs> yeah. uh there you go those there we are go. my big I, tips uh, brilliant Orlando. there was 20 minutes of al's holiday uh, <laughs> uh i'm very jealous by the way like i yeah. really want to go to the star wars and galaxy's edge more than anything but i think yeah. i'm gonna be a few years before i can do that um i looked yeah. how much it build the lights it was it wasn't as bad as i thought it'd be okay to be honest I thought yeah, it was going to imagine... be like a grand or something. No, oh, no, no, no. But yeah. I imagined like 200 or something. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like imagine that's there's like, fair. I don't know, 15 people in each one and each one is, uh, is every 25, 30 minutes. That is They're making some money, aren't they? money-making machine. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favoured children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Cool. Um... What next? Al, do you want to briefly tell us why Advance Wars is good? Yes. So, uh, sorry I took up so much time. Advance Wars, oh, it, it was, for me, it's always a 10 out of 10 game. It's still a 10 out of 10 game. The thing I love about it, have either of you played it or not? No. I played quite a bit. I can't remember now which one I played, but on the back in the day when it originally came out, right. I did play quite a bit, and I, I, for the life of me, can't remember which one it was. Like, I watched a review earlier. I, like, I've never played it. I've never known anything about Advance Wars. They're really but, satisfying. But it is. it does strike me as, oh, I've seen this game in different forms on, like, mobile and mini games and stuff like that. Am I right in thinking that? Well, like, not Advance Wars. There are lots of copies of it. Like, I can't Yeah, that's remember. what I mean. Like, the idea yeah, 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 of, yeah. you know, like, moving pieces around with number systems and trying to win space it's, and yeah. dominate it's, area. It's like, a you know, a kind of fancier mm-hmm. version of chess, I guess. Is I'm know, just yeah. looking. I'm pretty sure I played simple. the first one. And I've heard, actually, the second one is, is better. So I should Cardi, I'll definitely it, be playing the second one. Is it like the minigame in Horizon Forbidden West? When you're mm, a little bit no. like that, right? I suppose it's real basics, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like a really just satisfying 
tactical game, really. Yeah, and it's, it's really super cool. simple, but it's got added depth through the commanding mm. officers that you've had. They've each got different skills. So, you know, some repair your um, mm-hmm. units, other have attacking bonuses, etc. Um, but honestly, it's it's the simplest game. But the the beauty of it is is getting those sweet S ranks. And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I think I've managed to get... 90% of mine S ranks so far, a few A ranks, and I'm like, okay, I need to go back and get that. Honestly, oh, really? if you've not played it, do it. I, I know our review picked holes in the multiplayer. I'm not playing not for it for the multiplayer. Nah. You've got like two 20-hour campaigns there. You've got plenty. Uh, I, I do find it absolutely bizarre that you know this game was so well-received that mm-hmm. we've got a remake of the first two games, and but nothing else really. It's I, crazy. I never know if they sold very well. I just don't know. I don't know if they're more like a cult thing. Well, I, I know that know. Fire Emblem, which is mm. similar in many ways, has kind of gone on to do other stuff. But there's yeah. just too much chat. In I'm Fire definitely. Emblem. Um, I'm just impressed you managed to play a game on your Switch that wasn't Zelda. Mm. <laughs> well, that's because I'm waiting three yeah, weeks, yeah. and then I well, will you not must be play very excited. Else. I know. To be, I brought it up there. I thought we could go a whole episode about talking about Tears of the Kingdom, but I've, I've, that's my fault, not yours. So uh, I accept that blame. Right. I I will play Advance Wars out today. I think I will it yeah. play. It's just yeah, like you said, Tears of the Kingdom is soon. Will I find time? I don't know because at the moment I am knee deep in Dredge, and that is a very <laughs> wet game. Let me tell you. Um, oh, it's a game. Even, okay, good. Yeah, because <laughs> I wondered where that was going. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Um, have either of you seen much of Dredge? I know it's a fishing horror, like yeah, Lovecraftian um, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good. This is like so far my like indie darling game of the year. Like it's arguably the best game I've played this year, and I've I've beaten Resident Resident Evil Four. Um, I I love I love this game so much. Um, yeah, if you don't know what it is, on the surface, it's a very <laughs> relaxing fishing game and it does share something with resident evil 4 and as much as it has the inventory system where you have to fit things on your boat and you have a certain amount of spaces you can upgrade and it's got like the tetris style fitting all the different fish and equipment in there and it's really satisfying just to go out during the day and fish find new fish find like aberrations of those fish that are like weird versions and then sell them then use that money to buy upgrades for your boat so like new rods that can explore new regions and stuff like that um but then yeah at night it's on a day-night cycle at night. As soon as it hits 6pm, it, it takes a whole new sort of vibe. It becomes very eerie. I'm not so, It's not a scary game. You're just like put on edge. Like the music changes. It's all foggy. You have to upgrade your lights so you can see better. And you just start seeing like weird like red lights in the distance. And like maybe some weird monster fish come out of nowhere and like damage your boat. Like it just takes on a whole new vibe. So much that I've kind of just got into the rhythm of fishing during the day, doing what I need to do finding a port and resting until dawn and skipping most day uh, night sections unless the mission needs me to go out and do something at night and that's it just has such a satisfying loop sometimes you just spend three days in a row just going out fishing trying to upgrade but then there was obviously it's part adventure game so you're sent out on missions like the main mission is basically go to these six areas of this big map it's not actually that big a map it's fairly small to be fair and just find these six heirlooms for the main story. Like, that's your main mission. And there's lots of side characters and missions along the way that you need to, like, upgrade your boat and stuff like that. It just has a really satisfying loop. And just the, I'm going to say it, the vibes. They're just they're just immaculate vibes. Yeah. They're just so immaculate good. Immaculate vibes. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Like, it's just, like I said, relaxing and just a chill-out game. But if you want it to be really eerie, you can also get that as well. And just the art style's lovely. It's just... I just it's out on everything. I would just I would encourage anyone 
to give this game a go. It's just got puzzle elements, got adventure elements, and just relaxing yeah. elements. And yeah, I'm just really into it. I do think I want to check it out because it doesn't normally sound like the sort of thing I'm into, but then it reminded me of, I know it's not the same, but it reminded me of Ridiculous Fishing. Did you ever play that? It's like a mobile no, game. No, I didn't. It's really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But And I reminded me how much I got into the loop of that, of like, yeah, the yeah. whole thing of that was just trying to upgrade your equipment so you could catch bigger fish and deeper in the ocean yeah. and stuff. And yeah, it's got like I'm trying to like think of what game it's like. It's got obviously that the fishing element, but I'd say like from a story and like a a vibe sort of perspective. Like if you played Oxen Free, it's got that sort of like eeriness to it. That almost okay. like just like I'm not quite sure what's going on in this world feeling. Like everyone you talk to is a bit like, oh, I wouldn't go there sort of thing. Like what, don't, like right. you know, don't go out on the water. Like I'm just really into it. I, I'd encourage anyone to give it a go. It's probably a great Switch game. I'm playing on Xbox, and it's yeah, it's just it's is just it on amazing. Game no, you have okay. to you have to buy it currently. But um, yeah, really good. I don't think it's too long either. I've only been playing four hours, and I'm I'm at least half. I'm over halfway. I think so. Yeah, okay. just really. Really good. Oh, it's Check Team out 17 as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really, really good. I kind of wish I had time to review it because I had a lot, a lot of thoughts, but I just don't have the time. Um, but there we go. Dredge. Lots of good Check recommendations this week. Uh, I know. We're, this has actually been quite a good games podcast. We're not normally known for that. Um, <laughs> but some, there we go. some hot travel tips as well. Yeah. I know. Um, and you know what? Back by popular demand, I think we've even got an endless search. Inside. It's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Alex, we've been sent in an email from a very passionate listener. Yes, uh, Zach Leifold writes in saying, I write as a very long-time listener and recently appointed president of the uh, Appreciation Club for the Endless Search, or ACES for short. This is an urgent appeal. Here at ACES, we love the IGN UK podcast for many reasons. Yes, we tuned in for Cardi's hosting. Did you write this? Uh, We tuned in for Cardi's hosting prowess and quirky anecdotes. Quirky anecdotes. You're the only one that's been pulled out here. Oh, my God. And, of course, we adore insightful film, game, and TV chat and thoughtful critique. None of that on this podcast. (laughs) And chuffing heck, do we all love the banter, laughter, and vibe checks that dust yeah. your audio delights with a sparkle of gold? Dale just likes chuffing. I like chuffing and vibe. Uh, I prefer vibe checks. Vibe checks is my one. Okay. A big smile on face anytime someone says, writes in well, with a vibe check. Dredge passes the vibe check easily. <laughs> but recently, a sizable hole has begun to form in the centre of your otherwise excellent casting. Uh-oh. Like a worm burrowing its way into a perfectly good apple. You can't talk about Jesse like that. A deep loss emanating from within. Oh my God. What has happened to the endless search? Someone's played Dredge. It seems to have rather ironically ended. (gasps) The Appreciation Club can stay silent no longer. A year ago, I wrote you all and submitted the first one Star Wars you have ever played, though I called it Can't Please Them All. Uh, There were giddy days of weekly endless searches where a concept could grow into a beautiful gaming flower. What a glorious time it was. And like so many of our society, I urge you to return to the endless search. Please bring back the feature we so greatly miss. And to help with the appeal, I present to you another round of One Star Wars in the hope it, I can help return the spark. Yours with the greatest of respect for the sea. 
I mean, we're going to do the endless search. I think I mentioned it a little while ago. We're not stopping the endless search. We just don't necessarily do it every week anymore. Yeah. And we have, to be fair, we've gone a few weeks. Yeah, we have it like inconveniently, uh, sort of like, it's been a quite a yeah, few yeah. weeks in a row where we've just forgotten about it. We've had it. enough to, t- well, have we had enough to, t- I don't know. Anyway, arguably on the podcast, we've spoken the most about things. We're going to bring it back out. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, um, so when somebody does it for us, it's a lot easier, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> We do like this game, though. So anyone who wants to write a version of this game, if you can't remember what this game is, it's the one where it's basically normally good, considered good films, sometimes games, uh, get like one-star reviews on IMDb, and it's just excerpts from those mad reviews, and we have to guess what those films are. So yeah, if you want to send in versions of those for games, films, TV, whatever, feel free. And we're more than likely play it. I'm not making any promises. But anyway, Al, you've got a quiz for me and Dale. These are all films... Okay. Um, and you will be given five clues. If you get the film on the first clue, you get five points. Second Ooh. clue, four points, and all the way down to one point for the fifth clue. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I am yeah, ready. I'm putting my phone ready. away. Right. No cheating. No cheating. Most annoyingly... Oh, this is the first clue, by the way. Uh, uh, most <laughs> annoyingly, the director seems to think that an occasional spray of blood and a sickeningly jostled camera equals big action. More like mild nausea. We see much of this, alas, later in the movie too. Planet Terror. <laughs> these aren't meant to be good. These are meant to be very good films. I, I would say they real... are reclaimed films, yes. Okay. Uh, can we just keep guessing or do you want one guess for one guess Just one guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to go with films that... Uh, Django Unchained. That's what I was thinking. I was literally thinking that. Because I was thinking about the blood on the yeah, flower yeah, yeah. shot, which is one of my favourite shots. That is not correct. Ah, there we go. The next clue. It is as if everybody read that this film was supposed to have great special effects, and even though they see mediocre special effects, average cinematography and poor art direction, they still walk out and say, gee, those special effects sure were great. This film is largely boring, stupid, and somewhat of an insult to the grand epics of yesteryear. Huh. If you get it from that, then Jesus. Yeah. I've oh, I've got two. I've got two in my mind. Conflicted. Three hundred. Ooh, no. That's a good shout. It is a good oh, shout. I'm gonna have to go for my backup next time. I I, I, can't, I wanted to say Avatar, but then I was like, well, blood. <laughs> we need, need something that's like violent. Um. Yeah, enough is coming to mind. I'm going to skip this one. Don't okay. forget, these reviews are sometimes nonsensical. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, for three points, it's just so boring. <laughs> when you Avatar. think about it, what happens in this movie? Tough guy kills some dudes. Tough guy talks about honour with old guy. Mean guy kills old guy. Tough guy kills some other dudes. Mean guy talks about honour with girl. Tough guy weeps for his Ooh. family. Tough it. guy Gladiator. talks about honour... Say again. Gladiator. Correct. Uh, I was going to say that last time. I started, I went <laughs> gluh, and then I stopped, and I should have gone with it. I even gave you a massive clue at the beginning when I said, are you ready? Which is oh, a bit God. Because like, you even oh, said Gladiator I did, Dale. I did <laughs> clock that. Yes, but I was uh, thinking of the eight, 90s I, British I know, I know, I know. show. I, oh, I could have had four points, and I threw it away with 300. <laughs> it is indeed Gladiator. Imagine not liking Gladiator. Anyway. The second okay. film. First, was there any other funny uh, comments for Gladiators for the rest of them? Well, for two we points, wasn't... did I hear the young emperor say, I'm very vexed, vexed, terribly vexed. I laughed out loud. Was that supposed to be funny or just <laughs> horrifically bad writing? 
And how about those lovely computer-generated lions? Complete trash. <laughs> leave, leave Joaquin alone. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, the last one said, the script for Spice World has more depth and certainly more well-rounded characters. <laughs> I mean, that's a Jesus joke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gladiator 2 is coming, though. It is. Yeah, right. Can't wait. Uh, second film, for five points. Let me start with my biggest complaint. Too much action, in caps. <laughs> this movie had way too much action for an animated movie. Oh, animated mm. movies aren't about action, but I guess the filmmakers of this movie didn't know that. Like, where's that in, written? <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. No. Oh. Toy Story 4. No. <laughs> for four points... I have the distinct feeling that Pixar puts its subliminal messages into their films to make people like them. Because it's the only explanation. All of my friends, cynics, hippies, metalheads, nerds, they all loved it. Why? When I ask them, they'll say, oh, it was funny or it was colourful. Are they playing games with me? Please, someone explain (laughs) how this film is good. The Incredibles? No. Uh, I'm trying to think of an action heavy. The Incredibles 2. No. <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> uh, so for three points, Disney always has to give perfectly acceptable stories with a moral to them. These ridiculously yeah, happy endings—it's almost like they're trying to teach. Oh, right, well, I don't know what I'm arguing. With these these people. ridiculously <laughs> happy endings, which are not healthy for children to watch, because they <laughs> give them false expectations of life. Oh, oh God! Let, story, get, mate. let kids go. Get to know the truth for once, Disney. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Another complaint oh, is God. that I did not see a pink snapper in this whole movie. What a disappointment! It's my oh. favorite dish. I mean, oh, oh, uh, oh ratatouille. ratatouille. Right. Oh, oh, it's not. Favourite dish. Um, Finding Nebo? Yes. What? It's a fish. <laughs> oh, I wanted to see the fish that I like to eat. I caught... Do you know what? In Dredge, in Dredge last night, I caught a pink snapper. Did you? There we there go. go. Was it a red snapper? It might have been a red snapper, actually. I was um, going to say... Too much action snappers. in Finding Nemo. <laughs> well, there There's a few sequences on the... Um, I forget what it's called. I like how they thing. wanted it to have a happy ending. What did they want? The, they want it, the, like Nemo to die and his documentaries dad to be only for children. They need to learn about uh, the harsh realities honestly. of life. There we go. Uh, a couple of the other again. Things. Imagine the, the main disliking finding Nemo. <laughs> a couple of other things. The main character is okay, but his dad is a whining, irritating jerk. <laughs> He's lost his kid. <laughs> and, and that surfer dude's Aussie accent all wrong. It's all like, wrong. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, right, next film. film. Stay in Wallaby Way. Third film. Come on, Dale. Cardi's on six points. You're nothing. Yeah, I fucked it. Man. But if you get it on this one, you'll be right back in it. Third okay. film, on, five Dale. points. Keep the hope. People are delusional. This was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It starts off not bad, looks like it can go somewhere, and I'll save you two hours. It doesn't. It has a sense of humour for a five-year-old, not funny to anyone semi-mature. Pretty much nothing happens and nothing gets accomplished. Oh, I have a good guess here. Really? I have no idea with this one. But it's going to hurt me to say it because the Big Lebowski? No. Oh, that sounded right. It sounded like it fit. I feel like it's going to be more childish than that. But it's quite. If you boil it down, it's got some childish humour in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. Dumb and Rugs. Nope. I think I think you're giving people too much credit. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, that's the mistake you make on this game. You actually take their word as true. Exactly. 
Um, for four points, it's hard to put into words how much I honestly despise this film. It wasn't funny. It wasn't touching. It didn't show any coming of age at all. It didn't show bonding. And don't even get me started on that ending. Um, There's some clues in there. Juno. No. Super. Well, bad. I do know actually because I've got it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with. I'm going with super bad. No. Uh, uh, oh well. Three points. Uh, I cannot believe this film is so highly rated. A terrific disappointment. It's impossible <laughs> and unrealistic, but not presented as fantasy. The dialogue for the twelve-year-olds is corny and stupid at times, or else ridiculously adult and philosophical. It is for the most part poorly acted. Predictable and badly directed. The Goonies. It's a good guess, but it I, is I've not. got. I was going to go Stand By Me. It is Stand Fuck By Me. me. <laughs> you are the king of the three-pointers today. I only watched it a few months ago for the first time ever. Stand oh. By Me. Really good. Really, really good. There you go. Uh, Imagine not liking it. There's nothing. Know, know. Imagine despising it. Yeah. Like how, I don't think there's a film out there that I actively despise. That I'm like, want to throw up when I hear its name. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, Blonde last year, I pretty, I hated, but um, yeah. Anyway, this, like this is the one pointer. Sure, there are some okay actors in this, like Cubal and Keith the Sutherland, and that other kid. What's his name? And the kid who stunk <laughs> in Star Trek, which is amazing. Were we? Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. What's his name? Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, Daniel Jesus. Stern is in this too, and that guy's a cut up. He once took a BM at a pool party I threw. Mm. Brilliant. I know. I mean, good for him. Right, good Dale. Film. This is yeah. it. This is this is your comeback. All right? You can yeah. still do this. I can do five it. points. I finally broke down and rented the DVD of this because the number of <laughs> Golden Globe nominations and good stars involved. When will I ever learn that it is considered great by the critics and the in crowd in Hollywood? It's practically guaranteed to be a waste of time Ooh. as entertainment. <laughs> there I mean, will be could... blood. Don't do that to me. No. <laughs> um, I think of something that got loads of Golden Globe nominations. I suppose. I don't know. Parasite. No. <laughs> you wouldn't have rented that on DVD. Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Some people are. Yeah, no. People write this. These reviews probably do still rent DVDs. <laughs> well, for four points, what an absolute unadulterate. What? Sorry. What a piece of absolute unadulterated crap from beginning to end. I mean, I've seen a lot of bad movies recently, but this has to rank as the absolute worst. And this one, the 2005 Oscar for Best Screenplay. The people in Hollywood must have all had their head up their collective rectums. No Googling. No, I don't need need to. I I do, but I'm not going to. Um, (laughs) Five. What came out in 2005? That was good. Oh, my God. The best screenplay. I've I just got to say, because it's in my head. I know it probably didn't come out this year, but The Hurt Locker. No. Uh, it was 2010, yeah. 11. <sighs> 2005. Uh, for best screenplay, I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm a year off, but The Departed. Mm. Mm. For three points, this is your domain, Cardi. <laughs> is it? This movie was labelled a comedy, but there was hardly anything in it that made me even smile, let alone laugh. The plot might have some potential if the movie was done differently, 
but the character of Clementine is so devoid of any attractive qualities. Uh, eternal sunshine uh, of the spotless It is. Mind. It's another three-pointer. <laughs> it's absolute whitewash here. Getting demolished. I don't worry, Dale. This I is like that's fine. This game is. This is why I like this game because it is my element. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Cardi, you I can are... see why people wouldn't like that film. I love it. I, I would say it's a bit of a Marmite film. Yeah, it's, I, I like it. It's a bit. A lot of relentlessly like bleak like it, stuff in is, a way. Yeah, a bit. Cal- like Kaufman's quite divisive. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. This last round is going to be for triple points. So <laughs> if Dale gets it on the first or Does second it? guess. Uh, what an absolute <laughs> blue shell of I mean, a question. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first clue is always impossible. As well. It's like pick a film. Well, let's yeah. have a go. Yeah. For five points. No, sorry. For 15 points Whoa, for the win. Okay. Simply put... It is the most profoundly depraved and deeply disturbing film I can ever remember seeing. If our culture was not crumbling at a full gallop, we would see this vile and wicked film for what it is. Could such a film have been made even 20 years ago? Will anyone care or even take notice of such a film 20 years from now? We are lost. Jesus. It's not even going to be depraved, is it? No, that's what I was thinking the exorcist at first, but I was like, no, it's probably not that. It's probably in... Nemo or something. It's, yeah, it's probably Chicken Little or something. Chicken no. Little. It's not Chicken Little. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not my guess. No, 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 But it's not that ridiculous. What is diff- um, I don't know. Uh, People always go certain places with that. I'm going to go Pulp Fiction. Good guess, but not I think, the right I feel no. like it's more modern than that, the way they were talking. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Parasite, actually. Incorrect. Yeah. So for twelve points. points. So this (laughs) this is for the draw, Dale. (laughs) You really want the competition here, don't you? You are. You've been destroyed. So I'm trying to bring something. Face face and face. Uh, What a pretentious and loathsome movie. Cultural anthropologists are surely having a good laugh at this this film's notion that men are only true to their nature when they are violent. The fact that this trash will make money is a sad comment on our society. Fight Club. Correct. Oh my God, Cardi, you are absolutely in your element in this game, aren't you? Look, I I know bad film criticism when I see it. <laughs> but there we go. You scored a whopping 24 points. Congrats, even though man. it wasn't actually possible to score that. <laughs> no, yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> wow, that, actually, that's the not game. true. If you'd have got five points every round, yeah. you'd have got 25. So, let's let's move on, I reckon. Okay, oh, yeah, let's get to feedback. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a good end of search. Sorry, Dan. We, we love playing that game. If you want to send in more versions of that game, can, like I said, it can be films, TV, games, whatever you want. Um, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, and you can also send in your feedback, just like Johnny Dawes has, who says... I didn't originally write in when you were speaking about this because I assumed someone else would have the same idea. This is some feedback, a feedback topic from roughly six or seven months ago, I think. Oh. Um, the perfect setting for a Predator movie <laughs> would oh, be yes. for it to would be for it to be set in Roman Britain, specifically based around the myth events of the missing Ninth Legion. A whole Roman legion of five thousand soldiers disappeared from records, and we have no information on what happened. Predator killing 5,000 Roman soldiers. There you go. Well, maybe a predator happened to them. It even makes perfect sense with the predator looking for the best prize as the Roman army had conquered pretty much the entirety of Europe and the Mediterranean at this point. The Roman legionary was the apex predator of the ancient world. It all makes too much sense for this movie not to happen. Respect the sea, specifically 
the Mediterranean mm-hmm. from John. Um, that's yeah, good. that's good. I've forgotten about them. Um, I mean, it's an, a running joke whenever I go on Beyond now to talk about the Predator. Probably people are bored of that. <coughs> yeah, I uh, talk about the Predator a lot. Um, but Predator's good, isn't he? Uh, I'd watch that. Maybe, yeah, Gladiator 2. Maybe Predator's and Gladiator 2. Maybe could be interesting. Predator was the cause of the whole thing with Pompeii. And it wasn't. Predator. It could all be traced back to Predator. So like the Illuminati. Amazing. Yeah. Um yeah, thanks. One more, more Predator <laughs> chat. I'll always talk about Predator. It's uh, weird bringing that conversation point back from about I six like months it. ago. I like call I like callbacks a lot. Yeah. Um go on. I got the next email. This is from Paul Grabovic. Grabovic. Uh, mm-hmm. he says, subject is chuffing hell, it's an email. And he says, all right, then. My name is Paul from Sydney, Australia. Long time, first time. Had to write in to let you know how many times I went to the cinema for one film. It was Boxing Day 2001, and my hype levels couldn't have been higher as that was the day I bore witness to the cinematic achievement that was Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Good film. I walked out the cinema in awe and would subsequently see that film 14... That is what? (laughs) See that film 14 times. At least 10 of those times during the original theatrical run, dragging anyone and everyone to come see it. Then there were the re-releases that came before the two sequels and the extended edition. One exciting moment came when they dropped the extended cinema-goer-only trailer for The Two Towers at the end of the film. Then there were the marathon screenings where we could watch all three films back to back. Needless to say, I have a problem, but boy howdy, is this the first (laughs) film damn near perfect. In conclusion, Red Rock Deli, sour cream, what? Okay, wait. Oh, he's he's gone on to another point. It's not a conclusion. It's a different point. He says, uh, Red Rock Deli, sour cream and chilli are the best crisps. I don't know. They must be Australian. I've never heard of Red Rock Deli. Forget the donut and get back into a croissant. Respect the sea and grave diggers. Donuts are better than pastries any day. That, um, like, it's fair to say, Paul, that you like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that is times. insane. I'm, I do remember, <laughs> like, distinctly remember, like, going to see The Fellowship of the Ring with my mum because I was only, what, nine when mm-hmm. it came out? And that's actually quite a scary film for a nine-year-old yeah, to yeah. go see it. So, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I, I think I only saw it once at the cinema because, yeah. like, again, I was nine and three hours is quite a long uh, yeah, definitely, time. Yeah. But what, yeah, what is the, it was amazing in the cinema. What is the film you've seen the most at the cinema? Right, I think we've gone through. Like, I think it was Inception. I saw that four, and that four times. That's the most I've seen one film at cinema. It's four so, times. Alex, you probably don't know why this started. Who was? What was the guy who wrote it? What did he see? Uh, Battleship five times. No, that's times Jesse. At, that's Jesse. Oh no, that's Jesse. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> he saw Battleship five times. <laughs> five yeah, times yeah. at the cinema, and oh he had some nonsense, it was the nonsense saw, excuse for it. That wasn't people it. Midsummer five. Midsummer five nights in a row. That's right. Someone went saw Midsummer <laughs> five nights in a row, and then we started the line of question like, how many times did you go see one film at the oh, cinema? Okay. I think it's Inception. I saw, like, I saw. I must have already talked about this. I saw Django Unchained two nights in a row at cinema. I saw Casino Royale. I saw two or three times. Yeah. Uh, mine was uh, uh, Force Awakens. I saw five times. I see. Um, so mine is Force Awakens four yeah. times. Yeah. But some I people fourteen times. Fourteen times, like ten times on the original theatrical release, mm-hmm. and that's a very long film. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't see films over and over again. I suppose it's only been out for fourteen months, but I have seen Licorice Pizza six times. What? That is insane, mate. I watch it once and I will never watch it again. I can't think it's of any film I like watch that yeah. much. Paul Thomas Anderson are my comfort films. Like I watch, I've watched Boogie Nights at least twenty times. I've seen that a lot of times. How many times yeah. have you watched Top Gun Maverick? 
four. Yep. Only once at the cinema. Yeah, I've done it. Watched it twice. To be fair, I say four. I've watched it probably three times in total, and then watched like the last forty minutes a few times <laughs> on its own. But oh, I know goodness. what you mean about comfort films. There's definitely films that I've just put on in the background sometimes yeah. when I just want something very I, familiar to watch. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or just in chat, but my comfort films are weird. They're like basically like coked up films. Are my comfort films like Boogie Nights, Wolf of Wall Street? They're like my comfort films mine, for some reason. Mine are literally like Social Network, um, and Money the Big Ball, Short is one the Big for Short. Me. Yeah, I've watched yeah. Big Short about thirteen films times. where people talk a hundred miles an hour. They're my comfort <laughs> yeah. films. Um, yeah, um, I already watched the Indiana Jones trilogy on the plane oh, to Orlando. So good. And, oh man, I yeah. really I can't wait for the new Destiny one. Is good. I really hope. It I'm, is. I, yeah, I'm getting my hopes too excited now, but yeah. that last trailer I thought was very good. Yeah, yep, I yep. can't wait for that. Um, anyway, last piece of feedback now. from David Trevino, who says, "Okay, maybe it's just me, but I was very uncomfortable <laughs> with the way you were saying wettest in this episode. <laughs> maybe it's just the nasty word. Yeah, nah. Beef was good though." Took me down a rabbit hole of old songs. You're like, talking about the show, day. right? Like, the word beef no is context. good as well. <laughs> the no word context. beef is good. Like Lonely Day and all is full of love. Have a great week. Lonely Day's a great use. David. Uh, great use of System of Down in that. Well, in that do you show. know, like, there's those words that people find cringy. Like, clearly Moist people is find definitely the one. Moist is one. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, yeah. I used to find, like, flip-flop quite cringy. <laughs> what? I didn't like hearing that word. <laughs> My flip-flop. Uh, if there are words I don't... Uh, right in with your cringy words I want to know so I can yeah, say there's them. certain words I really like like uh, rhythm rhythm's really <laughs> nice yeah pontoon that's a really Ooh, nice word see like when I <laughs> do this I just automatically go to dirty words and so oh no, let's stay clear of that um, have, you, have you watched Beef on Netflix it's uh, really good I, I've seen my wife watching a little bit of it and I keep saying I want to watch this and then it never happens <laughs> you watched your <laughs> wife watching it that's weird no I watched it when she was watching it I was like oh I want to watch this with you and she's like okay and then we kind of watched mm-hmm. Succession and Yellow Jacket instead yeah. so. I need to catch up on Yellow Jacket actually yeah. but I finished Beef this week really good for the most part really really liked it I'm just not 100% sold like the last couple of episodes I'm not quite 100% sold on where they go with it okay. but uh Really, for the most part, very, very enjoyable. Well so I'd recommend it. Beef. Um, lovely. It's, it's been another wet podcast, but uh, it's very been a good one. We learned so much about Orlando toilets. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that was your number one. Some of them are wet. That's what people want to hear. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. What, mu- what music do we uh, do we want? We haven't really... Surely uh, a song by Wet, Wet, Wet. There you go. God, I can't stand wet, wet, wet. Too late, it's going uh, in now. Can we just have Lonely Day by System of a Down? No, oh. wet, wet, wet. Oh, God. What an absolutely Dulcet tragic of, What's his name, band. Tony, Tony Pello? Uh, no, it? Marty Pello. Marty, Marty Pello, Pello, yeah. God. Okay, well, here's some wet, wet, wet. Enjoy it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.